This is the Pain Information Network, episode 12. I had the opportunity this week, uh, opportunities that don't come along very often, to sit with some uh, very, very highly qualified and uh, world-renowned physicians in the field of pain medicine. Uh, they are uh, Dr. Uh, and Professor uh, Ricardo Plancante out of uh, Mexico City, uh, Dr. Eric Wilson of South Africa, uh, Dr. Fabrici Assis, uh, he's of Brazil, and Dr. Deborah Tracy, along with Andrea Trescott, who moderated. Uh, I can tell you only one thing. You don't get a room of world-renowned physicians like that very often. So I took advantage of it, and we went on a roundtable. I, I can tell you a few things about these folks. First of all, these are dedicated and extremely um, gifted physicians, and I it was humbled to just be there. And the, the fun thing is I, I got to meet some people that from afar I had so admired. Dr. Placante was... Uh, a physician that I was aware of because uh, I uh, absorbed his technique of uh, blocking what's called a superior hypogastric plexus a number of years ago, and I used it to treat interstitial cystitis and pelvic pain. For those that don't know, interstitial cystitis is a terrible problem for uh, gals and some guys that uh, interferes with virtually everything in their life. They tend to have irritable bowel, fibromyalgia, they tend to have vulvodynia, uh, pain in the in the lady parts. Uh, the guys can have uh, terrible pain in the pelvic region and uh, those that suffer from uh, prostatic cancer and other uh, these pelvic uh, structures can be helped a lot by this block. So you get to hear from him and that was exciting for me. Dr. Eric Wilson from South Africa is uh, foraging ahead with one of the largest pain practices in South uh, Africa and covers a great deal of uh, real estate. And our Brazilian uh, expert, Dr. Assis, uh, is an expert on discogenic pain and talks about the spine. And, of course, our beloved Deborah Tracy um, in Florida is an individual who is uh, a great deal of passion, uh, takes care of a number of our uh, elderly and uh, older folks uh, with the type of desire to maintain a, a sense of dignity and quality of life. It's, re- it's fun to sit and listen to these folks. Um, Dr. Tracy talks about being a pioneer in uh, quality of life, and I, I love that because it's true. Folks tend to put the stuff off. This delayed gratification is sad sometimes where we put off in life our our desires, such as uh, you know, going to the beach, traveling, doing fun stuff, and then all of a sudden we can't do it for one reason or another. So she talks a little bit about that, and then of course uh, Andrea Trescott, uh, who was in charge of this meeting, uh, did a fantastic job. The World Institute of Pain is a uh, organization with. Uh, a certification process, and I went through that process, FIPP. This was a uh, lead-up to that certification, and the folks from around the world were here uh, to assist in that certification process. Another individual whom I hope to have on at a later date, Dr. Prithvi Raj, was uh, probably and is uh, considered one of the fathers of pain medicine, 
he'll be uh, joined, hopefully, uh, with some other folks that uh, have in mind, uh, Dr. Gabor Rax and others that have incredible stories. Dr. Raj's wife, uh, Susan, was uh, uh, in the hotel lobby, and I got to spend brief uh, moments, all too few moments, talking to them. But I hopefully can have them on soon, and uh, that'll be a fun show as well. But we have more to come from the World Institute of Pain, but let's get to these folks. Well, this is uh, very special. We have uh, a world-renowned uh, uh, roundtable today sitting in a room in Florida with the World Institute of Pain. Um, this is one of those uh, golden moments that we don't get an opportunity uh, to uh, uh, expand on very often. We have uh, some of the thought leaders that uh, uh, have really changed the face of pain medicine and improved quality of life and function and just, uh, in general, done so much uh, for the uh, human, uh, the human cause, and <clears throat> Andrea, you're uh, in charge of this program. Why don't you take us around the room? Well, I'm very, very pleased to be able to introduce to your listeners some of the best pain doctors that I know, really, in the world. So I have Dr. Ricardo Placante, who is from the from Mexico City, who uh, actually helped develop and did develop some of the unique techniques that we use for pelvic pain. He's also really revolutionized many of our approaches to um, the bony metastases and treatment of those bone metastases by injecting cement where God never really admitted it, expected cement to go. And uh, so he's going to talk to us a little bit about pelvic pain. I have my dear friend, Dr. Fabricio Assis from Brazil, who uh, has been just an amazing leader in pain education and uh, in setting up training programs in in Brazil first, and we're going to be expanding those around the world. And he's going to be, has a real interest in discogenic pain, and he'll talk a little bit about that. And then... Dear Eric Wilson, who is from South Africa and has really dragging the, the continent kicking and screaming into the 21st century in terms of the, uh, the thinking and the approach to pain management. And then my dear friend Deborah Tracy in Florida, who has really fought hard to get these procedures approved for the patients in Florida with conditions such as compression fractures. And so we'll start out with some with Dr. Paclante. So one of the things that has been your real passion has been pelvic pain and the treatment of pelvic pain in women, uh, especially women with cancers of the uterus and pelvis. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with this and where you see these techniques going? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Andrea, for this kind of introduction. And I appreciate so much this uh, option to participate in this specific uh, uh, a clinical problem that uh, involve uh, not only women, in, involve uh, uh, the, the, the men, the, and mm, with uh, super the, the pain, the chronic pelvic pain, with uh, the origin specifically more the more important uh, uh, audience or indication is in in cancer in cancer pelvic pain because this is the history 
being related to the origin that uh, for myself, because in many years ago in Mexico not exists uh, medication or opioids and then it's necessary to find other alternatives for control this uh, <clears throat> this problem, this clinical problem, because the uteral, uteral cancer and cervical cancer in these decades, in the uh, years in 98, is the more increasing in, in Mexico. For instance, <clears throat> uh, I used the classical options that reported to the inhibition, the sympathetic system, uh, like uh, uh, lumbar sympathetic ganglion bilateral, <clears throat> and another blockage described in the literature, uh, in the in the classical books like a book of Bonica, Professor Bonica, and then uh, not uh, find the very good results when I use the recommendations like a sympathetic, like a lumbar sympathetic inhibition. Um, for the treatment, the visceral pelvic pain. In other words, uh, uh, when I use uh, this alternative, I find that the, the, the side effects using the big volume applied in the level, the retroperitoneal area, the L4, L3, for example, or L2, uh, uh, included the many different disorders in, in the another nerves because the substance go up in other areas and not specifically in the in in the superior hypogastric plexus. So you mean that when we were doing the standard sorts of treatments, the medicine went too far and yeah. it involved too many. Uh, unwanted nerves, yes. and so the patients had too much in the way of side effects from those. Oh, it's, true. It's, 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 it's true. This is the when I use it, the, the the another techniques like this specifically, uh, uh, I find the associated the many different side effects. And there are there are uh, effects involving dysfunction the other nerves, uh, somatic nerves, because the. The explanation is the the the, the neurolytic substance or local anesthetics go up and another areas, different areas. So for our readers, when we talk about visceral pain, we're talking about the pain that comes from inside the abdomen in the organs themselves, as opposed to the what's called somatic pain, which is the pain you feel on the outside of the abdominal wall or pain you would feel going down the leg from a herniated disc. And this visceral pain has always been very, very difficult to treat until you develop these techniques. Yes, uh, when when I when I try to 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 avoid the superior hypogastric plexus with the classical option that described the, the, the direction of the needles, the, the direction of the down to up. And the in, in left side or right side, uh, the right area to the go to the lateral uh, uh, part of the of the lateral body of the vertebral body, um, it's very difficult to uh, put the point the needle exactly in the in the distribution on the superior hypogastric plexus in in the level the promontorio. For instance, it's necessary to to uh, implement another option. This is my original things. And then I use it 
exactly opposite opposite uh, uh, the opposite way, direction yeah. opposite direction uh, that that the high to 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 down the direction the the out to into the dire, directly to the lateral uh, uh, area of the lateral uh, body of the L5. Vertebral body. Yeah, vertebral body. So this has made a, an imme immense difference in a huge number of women around the world, of women and, and men with these very difficult to treat pelvic pains. That also, you've had just a huge amount of experience in cancer pain with metastases to the bone. And so Dr. Tracy had been speaking earlier on compression fractures and the use of cement in compression fractures. Can you talk a little bit about where you're also putting some of these cements? Well, uh, I uh, I use this experience, the classical experience, to apply the cement in the vertebral bodies for metastasis. And then uh, when I see many people, many, many patients in my hospital with the fracture in the in other areas more specifically in the femur in the femur associated for metastasis uh, and then I, I I think and maybe it's possible to use it this same alternative to apply it semen in the vertebral body or in another areas in in the neck of the femur and then <clears throat> I I, I work in describing the approach. My my first option when I think in this op alternative, I think in approach directly to the to the in AP the option from, from the front to back. From the front to back, but uh, when I analyze it, the 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 the, the dangers for this this uh, option obviously is. Very high because many nerves and vessels and vessels, um, lymphatic vessels, vein vessels, arterial blood vessels, vessels exist, arteries and veins. Yes, yes, and vein. And then I think another option and think in the posterior option. Uh, but um, when when I work and I teaching learning about that the the best option, find the lateral option, and then I prefer the, the, the lateral option because it's very easy, don't exist many anatomical complications, and uh, not exist vessels or, 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 or many nerves or many other uh, anatomical structures to involve in side effects. Well, thank you very much. And that sort of leads into um, Dr. Wilson's interest of cancer pain in general. And Dr. Wilson was originally a head, neck, and uh, a ENT or a ear, nose, and throat doctor and got into, started working with pain management and has brought his uh, unique experience to the cancer pain world as well. So, Eric, tell us a little bit about what got you interested in um, cancer pain and some of the things that you've been able to, to help change. Well, thank you for having me here again. It, you know, it's a, it's a privilege to look after people in the most second most vulnerable time of their lives. When you're born, you come in generally healthy. When people are dying of cancer, they, there is an over, overwhelming fear in the patient and in their family. And as Professor Plancardi was talking about, it's not just the patient, it's the patient and the family. And 
to be able to, to provide um, some guidance in that phase of your life is, uh, is a responsibility but a privilege. And so I've worked with cancer patients, helping them to understand that, that I get to experience people dying regularly. And for the individual who is dying of cancer, this is the only time they get to practice it. So I help them through practicing other people dying, looking at options that have helped many other people to give them a uh, an end of their life that has dignity, is pain-free, and their families are able to participate in helping people to go through this phase. I've often thought that the reason that cancer was so feared is not because people die. We all know we're going to die, but that so many people have died such horrible deaths with um, uh, unremitting pain. And it breaks my heart when I know that there are capabilities that we, that we as pain doctors have the tools now to be able to prevent that excruciating pain and to give people back a quality of life. And unfortunately, um, the un- we don't often see those patients because the oncologists um, don't tell them that these are options. So one of the probably the biggest message I'd like to send out on the po- podcast today is that if you or a loved one has cancer, there is no reason why you should be doped up on, on, on opioids. There's no reason why you should be in excruciating pain. That we have techniques that have been developed by some of the people here in the room to be able to give you um, uh, pain relief and a quality of life to be able to spend with your loved ones. You're right, but but one of the challenges that Professor Plancati and I and my colleagues around this table have is that where cancer used to be an, an end of your life, now we have cancer survivors who the chemicals and the techniques that their oncologists use can can cure the underlying cancer or defer its end by a much longer period than we previously had, but you are left with the consequences, either post-treatment consequences or secondaries in bones, that people are surviving, but they're surviving with risk. And, and they're surviving poorly, in. unfortunately, yes. as well. So we've got people who have been disfigured by their surgeries and have been left with pain from that, have developed the neuropathies from their their chemotherapy treatment. I treat, I'll never forget one man I treated who'd had a bone marrow transplant, and he was cured. But he developed shingles and then post-traumatic neuralgia, and he said, I wish I'd died. I wish I had never had the bone marrow transplant because living with the post-traumatic neuralgia has been made life not worth living. So, so, uh, so I think Professor Plancarte and I and Fabrizio and others who, who work in this field, we, we like to dwell on, on the positive side of this, you know, that dying is a unique time of your life, that you get to have insights that you never have any other time. You can heal any rift. You can discuss anything that any family has never spoken about. And so it's a very emotionally charged time, but we can bring hope. We can bring hope to people that uh, patients and their families have a better option, it's th- th- that life doesn't have to end uh, at this point and that the quality of life and the family relationships can continue. And I'm privileged um, to follow in the footsteps of prof- like people like Professor Plunkoda to be able to help people. And I do many of the techniques that Professor Plunkoda d- developed and uh, have helped many patients as a result. We have the other group of people who are living longer, but they're living with severe disabilities because of their disc disease or their spinal stenosis or their uh, the low back pain, which is the third leading cause of disability in the United States right now. And so we have um, 
Dr. Assisis, who's uh, been really doing some fascinating work in the not only the identification but the treatment and potentially, I hate to use the cure word here, but some potentially um, curative things for um, discogenic, discogenic pain. And so, Fabrizio. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for the invitation. It's an honor for me to be here in this podcast. Uh, discogenic pain is the uh, the first cause, the first source of low back pain. About uh, 40% of all patients with low back pain, they have discogenic pain. And discogenic pain uh, is the, the pain caused by an inflammation in the disc. And the treatments for discogenic pain uh, nowadays... They spend a lot of money, and they don't have a good efficacy. Uh, the surgeons are happy to operate, but their their outcomes are very poor. The outcomes are very poor, and the amount of money that they spend is crazy. Uh, it's uh, about a half of the Russia defense uh, budget they spend with uh, surgery here for back pain in, in the United States. And uh, uh, actually... Uh, Dr. Uh, Nakamura from Japan in 1996, he published a paper where he found that the, the nociceptive fibers that, uh, that exit the disc, they go uh, especially to the DRG of L2. The and so for our listeners, these um, nerve-carrying fibers will ca gather together in parts of the nerve root that is called the dorsal root ganglion, or DRG. And this is where the cell bodies lie. And we haven't really paid attention to the DRG for many years until recently. Yes, and when he published this paper in 1996, uh, he, he hypothesized that uh, the, the DRG of L2, of L2 could be a... a uh, a target for to treat and to diagnose low, uh, the discogenic low back pain. And uh, I started doing uh, this uh, since 2001, and I have a great experience to treat the patients with discogenic pain just uh, blocking the DRG of L2. And if the pain comes back, uh, I, we, we can do the, the, the radiofrequency and uh, other model of radiofrequency, you don't do a thermal lesion, but we do a, a posted radiofrequency where we modulate the pain. And uh, we have a great experience with this. Uh, around 8% of the patients, they get much better and much better than the other treatments, including surgery. Uh, and other thing that we are uh, realizing now, and I'm very excited uh, is the treatment with uh, stem cells and the platelet-rich plasma for some kinds of discogenic low back pain, especially those patients who have modic changes, uh, type 1 and type 2. So inflammatory changes of the Inflammatory disc. changes in the disc. The, the, the stem cells, uh, the bone marrow stem cells and the platelet-rich plasma, they are potent anti-inflammatories. And uh, the results for, this, for these patients with the injection of, into the disc of PRP and the stem cells is very nice. Thank you very much. And Dr. Tracy, you're living um, and working in Florida with a very high Medicare population, a very large number of 
um, elderly patients who have worked very hard all their life, and this was supposed to be their golden year, years. And I hear so many times they talk about the fact that it's not gold, it's rust, because their quality of life is miserable. So tell me a little bit about how um, how you approach this and some of the thing, techniques that are available for these patients that they might not realize is available. Well, you're spot on, Andrea, because people come to Florida as pioneers from other states. Very few people were born in Florida that we see here. And they're pioneers, and they come to golf and be on the water. And all of a sudden, they move down here, they're retired, and they start getting back pain or arm pain or neck pain. And they wind up seeing the doctor. And instead of golfing and and uh, being on the water, they're at doctor's appointments. And it's really sad because they are pioneers, and they do want to live a good life. So our job and the people at this table who so remarkable is to try and improve the quality of their life. And some of my patients, if I can give them 50 60 70% improvement, They'll do cartwheels out of the office because it's not predominant in their life anymore. But anyway, as Dr. Fabrizio was saying, um, he treats discogenic pain, but as we age, we deteriorate in very many places. And so the patients I see in Florida have multifactorial uh, back pain. And a lot of them never had pain before, and they say, well, you know, I never had pain. I come down here, now I have all this pain. I said, just bad luck, you know? And so the discogenic is a problem, the facet joint is a problem, the nerve compression, and people say, what's spinal stenosis? Spinal stenosis is squeezing on the spinal cord. So with Fabrizio and these other wonderful doctors in this room have developed techniques to deal with this, and it's very under-recognized, Andrea. Um, you know, like you said, the people go to their doctor, they're sent to their surgeon when other conservative options are not trialed first. And we can do that for them. And we may not get 100% results in all situations, but I think we can take the edge off and maybe even avoid that surgery, especially with what Fabrizio was saying now in the world of uh, platelet-rich plasma and stem cells. Unfortunately, it's not recognized recognized by the FDA in our country. Uh, not, not reimbursed by insurance companies is the biggest problem. Yes, yeah. because it's considered experimental and not recognized. It's not reimbursed. So people who want to try these wonderful therapies, regenerative medicine, and I've done this in the knees and had regeneration of cartilage, and I've done it for drop foot and had regeneration of nerve. I've done it for hair loss and had regeneration of hair. And... Uh, Hans is over here uh, shaking his head there. Um, so um, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful, but our, our country's a little slow in accepting these new modalities and allowing us to go forward. And we get fed up to our eyes, and then we go forward anyway, but unfortunately the patient has to bear the burden of the expense. Well, it's been quite an, um, a good chance to get so many good and uh, – and I think the, your listeners, Hans, can hear how passionate these doctors are about treating pain and providing people with relief and trying to make a difference and trying to um, use new techniques, new modalities. This is fasc what fascinates me as a field of pain management is that we are expanding the field of pain management every day. So if, I would just tell your listeners, if you've been told there's nothing that can be done for you, try again because – Literally every single day we're coming up with new techniques, and we may have that 
capability now to help you where we couldn't help you before. You know, just adding up the years of experience in this room, I bet it's close to 150 years of experience. Isn't that something? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, <laughs> it's not the age, it's the mileage. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. And uh, this is a kind of a once in a rare bird uh, or even lifetime experience to get this kind of uh, talent in the room. And thanks to everybody. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. It, that was uh, a real rarity. You don't get that kind of uh, experience in one room very often. Uh, uh, physicians uh, are always going different directions and have incredible time constraints on them. But to have this opportunity to sit with uh, some sincere thought leaders um, is uh, a real pleasure, and I am uh, honored to have had the opportunity to have them sit before me. And once again, uh, thanks for joining us. This is an informational uh, podcast, and we really want to hear from you. Go to paininformation.com, drop us uh, some uh, suggestions of what you want to hear in future episodes, what we can do better. If we've done something good, tell us, please. And go to iTunes, too, and please leave uh, some feedback there. It really helps the show. I want to thank you for coming and thank my guests. They were, as expected, uh, over the top. And once again, thank you, Andrea. Um, I'm going to leave this uh, to another show. I hope to have them up uh, real soon. Uh, We have some more guests to come.